0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 Community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. Morning everyone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um quite um, hard to follow that really and I was kind of like do I preach or do we just spend more time in prayer but I'm preaching on prayer so um, it's quite useful really and I think I, what I want to start with was what we experienced this morning has been prayer It is that communicating with God and it, we're in the last of our series and prayer is a massive topic isn't it when I received the theme I was like where do I begin? What aspect of prayer do I talk about this morning? And so I'm going to focus on our personal devotion time, our one to one prayer time with God in the private time, in the, yeah, in, in our one to one time. I'm going to just talk about what prayer is a little bit, why we should be praying, and how we could be praying. So firstly, I think we can all agree that prayer is a form of communication. It's a conversation with God. Now that can be with words, and I think it can be without words as well. I think we all communicate in different ways, don't we? When we're talking to each other, we have, we have body language that communicates certain things, you know, a certain look to our child to say you're doing something wrong, or a smile to encourage that person, but communicating is, yeah, it's different. And it's a way of talking to God with words and without words. And I think we see this first model to us in Genesis with Adam and Eve where God was just with them. He walked in the garden with them. He talked with them like I am talking to you now. And it was easy. And they wouldn't have been talking all the time. They would have just been being with each other, enjoying each other's company. And I think that is what prayer can be for us. And we have been gifted with the Holy Spirit to help us in that conversation, in that, yeah, coming together. The communication is a communion with God. It's an invitation for intimacy with him. Secondly, I was doing a bit of research in different Bible dictionaries. And the first thing that both of these dictionaries told me was that prayer is worship. Prayer is worship. That we are turning away from the distractions of our day, and the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. It prompts us in that. But we are turning towards him, and we are putting him first in that moment. So prayer and talking to him is an act of worship. And that can only come, particularly when we're in the private place. We're not in front of anyone. We're not trying to show how Christian we are. But we're with him every day, showing our devotion to him. We talk to him because we want to be. And that is coming out of a place of love rather than duty. And then, obviously, prayer involves lots of different things. But lastly, I just wanted to note that prayer is an act of faith as well. When we pray we are stepping out, we are trusting that he is there, that he cares, that he wants to listen to us, he wants to hear how we're doing. And that is an act of faith. But in doing so, we're able to then grow our faith. The more we come into his presence, we can trust that he's going to be there. We can be praying for things personally or outside of our circumstances, outside of our control. And things change, and because we've prayed for them, we can grow in our faith as a result, because we've seen that change. I uh, was thinking about when this has happened with me, and I was reminded of when I was a teenager. I was 16. I'd just come back from a youth camp, and I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was like, I just love Jesus so much, and I want everyone to know about him. And I went back to school with my friend, we were like, what can we do to share the good news? And every once, like once a month, there was a youth group in town, and they brought Christian youth bands to um, yeah to play and to share the gospel. At the end, so I was like, "Well, that's the way we've got to do it with our with our school. We need to get a youth band in." So every Tuesday lunchtime, I don't understand why I remember it was Tuesday, but I think that's just important. But um, every Tuesday lunchtime, my friend and I would pray for half an hour. Lord, we just want a youth band to come in. We need the money but I just want this youth band to come in. And I don't know how long that was for, but it felt like a long period of time. And then one weekend, my friend phoned me, and she said, you never guess what. She said, so there's a band that's coming to the youth event in town, and they said they want to go to a school, and they've chosen our school. And I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) that's amazing, praise God. And it was just such an encouragement to me, in my early walk of faith, that God was listening. And it wasn't even about maybe the youth band coming, but it was the fact that he had listened and just took pleasure and delight in the fact that we cared enough to talk to him and spend that time with him each week. And that is what prayer is. So that should be enough to want us to pray, right? (laughs) Those things that we get to talk to God, that we've got the Holy Spirit to allow us to talk to God, that we get to worship him and that we get to grow in our faith as we do so. But I don't know about you, but I find that quite hard sometimes. Life is busy and for some reason it gets pushed to the wayside sometimes. But so why should we pray? And in a nutshell, we should be praying because Jesus prayed, He showed us how to pray, and Jesus was praying, then we probably should be as well. so i 'd like to go through a few passages of where it was noted that Jesus prayed and just want to kind of draw out the context in which he was praying and the different reasons different things going on that, that meant he went, needed to go and pray and the first passage Prayer isn't actually mentioned, but we can kind of denote, we can kind of take from the passage that he would have been praying. So in Luke, no, we're not there yet. (laughs) This is just before, in Luke 2, 41 to 52, this is the first time we hear and we read about Jesus after his birth, and he is 12 years old, and I just wanted to note really, just the position and the posture he was taking from an early age. He, the family, the community had been on pilgrimage to Jerusalem as it was custom every year for Passover and Mary and Joseph had gone back to their village and they're like, where's Jesus? And they end up going back to Jerusalem and find him in the temple there and Jesus responds with You know, why why are you confused? Like, you should know that I'd be in my father's house. He was spending time learning. He was spending time growing in scriptures. But you would go to the temple to pray. And particularly in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, God's presence was in the temple. People would go to the temple. And so from an early age, Jesus knew that it was important that his home was in his father's house. And I think, you know, the more we understand that our home isn't here, that our home is in heaven, I think the more likely we're going to want to spend time. That hunger is going to grow within us. Luke 3 21 to 22. So prayer here was at the beginning of his ministry. So Jesus is getting baptized by John. And it says here that, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So prayer here was a few different things. He was talking to God. It was an important time. It was the beginning of his ministry. So prayer was used in a in stepping out, in a new thing. But God immediately responds. Jesus talks and God audibly responds to him and to the public to show that this is my son. But also I think for me it would be like this I'm reminding you of who you are. I am pleased with you. And sometimes we need that in prayer. When we talk to God we need to be reminded of who we are. In Luke 6, we read of Jesus praying again. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. Now, the context of this was the following morning, as a result of that, he ended up choosing his 12 disciples. So his prayer was for a specific reason he needed God's wisdom as to who, to who to choose because those 12 men would go on to shape Christianity and how it would grow, how it would you know, be birthed once Jesus was gone. So he needed to choose well. And what I find challenging about this is that Jesus, Son of God, God himself, needed to spend time with Father God to get wisdom and not just 5 minutes but all night he forg- you know he when he didn't get sleep this was an important decision and that's really challenging to me <laughs> so moving through the gospels moving through his ministry And we get to the point in Matthew, Matthew 14, when Jesus hears that John, his cousin, has been killed. And it says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. So Jesus' immediate response to something that has caused him, and I imagine a large amount of grief is a desire to go off and pray. But he doesn't get that opportunity because he's now more famous, people know who he is, what what is possible through interaction with him. And so someone spots him and they're like, we're going to follow and he takes compassion on them. And uh, yesterday we we're just at the back end of half term and uh, I don't know how you find half term with with children. But um it can yeah not, not great. <laughs> it, yeah, it's highlights but I also find that I need to create a schedule that can be quite quite draining. And uh Yesterday, I had, I was just like, I only need five minutes by myself. I just want to pray. You know, getting ready for today, I just need to go and pray. I think within two minutes, all three of my children had ended up in my room. Um, just kind of sat looking at me and I'm like, just, I can get, I can understand why Jesus needed to get away. <laughs> I think, I think maybe he liked nature, but he also understood he just needed to move away from the people. Um, yeah. And so, but he came back because his ministry, and that was important. He took compassion on them. And in Matthew fourteen twenty-three, he says, uh, it says, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Just want to skip back a bit. But he went back to spend time with people. And that, it wasn't just a little thing. That was, that was the moment when one of his most memorable miracles took place. That was when the fi- feeding of the 5,000 happened. So he got the backdrop of John's death. And then this amazing miracle happened. Many people came to faith. His disciples would have learned new things. Everything you know, would have been got going well. But at the end of the day... After he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. I'm challenged by this because I think the temptation for me after such a busy day and after such an emotional day as well would have been to not want to engage, to just want to go and sleep, perhaps, perhaps, But Jesus understands that the first thing he needs to do is spend time with his Father in heaven because that is where he gets his rest. That is where he gets his strength. And it's where he kind of would be kept to account as well, holding those emotions, taking those emotions. I would think that Jesus would be honest about how he felt, how he was feeling. And probably reminded that, well, what's happened to John? That's going to happen to me soon. And I need to deal with that and process that. And it was just, yeah, a really healthy, Jesus was healthy. (laughs) And challenges me on like, you know, you're worrying about stuff and you're thinking about stuff. But actually, maybe I just need to talk to God about it. um, Because he cares so much. Do you know what happens after he prays? Because his night doesn't end there. Does anyone know? Yeah. So that's, it's the night when he walks on the water. So after he's prayed, he's seen that the disciples across the lake are having problems. And he walks out to them. So his day doesn't end there. But I, I'm just, yeah, prayer has punctuated his busy day. He understands that he needs to go out and then come back into God's presence. He goes out, he comes back in. And I think probably the, the prayer that we all know so well is in Matthew 26, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there and he took with him peter and the two sons of zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed then he said to them my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death stay and hear stay here and watch with me he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying oh my father if it is possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as you will. So shortly before, he goes to the cross. And again, he just needs to go and spend time with Father God to get his perspective. Because it's a difficult thing, isn't it? Seeing Jesus as fully human and fully God. Like, where does that begin and end? Like, it's just... But in this moment, we see that a fully human Jesus of like, I don't want to die. (laughs) But I just want your will and not mine. And so prayer, talking to God can be that aligning, like, I don't want to do this. but I'm going to come under your alignment to, to become into your will. I'm going to exchange my fears, my reluctance. For, for your mind, your truth. So we see Jesus as approaching prayer in different angles, don't we? We see pr- Jesus coming to him early on, knowing that that is where he needs to be, in his presence, that prayer is practicing his presence, being in his presence. That it is a way of getting wisdom, of of of, yeah, learning the mind of God, of his character, what, he, what it is that God wants, that it is rest for him. And so I think it's clear then that prayer for us needs to be more than a tick list, that it needs to be more than something we do in our day, that, oh, yes, I've prayed, tick. Move on with my my day. It's a constant communion, and I think that's what Paul meant by, you know, we could pray unceasingly. It wasn't that, you know, we're hauled up on our knees all day. I think it's just that recognition that God's presence with is with us, and that we're able to have that constant communion with Him all day, every day. That it doesn't just need to be something we do on a Sunday. A wonderful day it is. But it is something that each one of us has been gifted. That we are able to talk to the creator of heaven and earth each day. That we're able to come to him with everything. With all of our ugliness because he already knows it anyway. But he wants to hear it. I had this picture a few days ago of um, a sofa. I was sat on one end looking down at my phone and I was just scrolling and then the other end of the sofa, Jesus was just sat there, kind of turned in this way, just looking at me. And there's me scrolling on my phone. He's always there, just wanting to talk to us. Yeah. So I'm going to briefly talk about how then, just a few ideas of how we can pray. And this will be different for each one of us, because we're all different, and that's beautiful. (laughs) And like I said earlier, it's practicing, like we, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I'm still learning how to pray. And God likes that we're learning, and he likes that we try. Um, So I've just got a few ideas. Things that have helped me. I'm quite a scheduled person. I like structure. I think that's why half-term's been hard this week. Um, but, yeah. So, for me, perhaps, if you haven't got any... T- haven't you do not, not used to praying, get out your calendar. You're like, set some time aside. You might need to get up early. You might need to leave the house so that people don't bother you. But... um. We can't expect God to do all the work. We need to, to step forward. We need to look up from our phone and turn to Jesus, don't we? We need to, you know, we can't expect Him to be nudging us on the shoulder. We need, it's if it's love, it's a two-way thing, isn't it? Something that's helped me recently, like our phones can be useful as well as a distraction. Um, so Lectio app is an app, it's a daily devotional app which has prayer, has a small kind of Bible reading but it's about seven minutes in the morning and in the evening and it's just a great way of focusing our minds on God some of it is liturgical so it repeats but that's quite nice something that has helped me over the years is journaling um, sometimes I find it difficult to get out what I'm saying or I get a bit bored with my own voice really. So I find that writing down stuff is really really helpful and it can bring out creative sides of me. And it's a good way of kind of looking back as well um, over the months. So this a challenge that I've set myself the past few months is to write in it on a weekly basis. So that I am checking in with him you know and saying how i'm actually feeling and it's kind of worked out that it has kind of been a prayer as well so i the first few paragraphs i will write how i'm feeling how i'm doing and normally that's quite it's not the most optimistic few paragraphs and then what i find amazing is that god will then start writing and he will start bringing that that truth. And I can see the stark difference, you know. His, his, his truth, his, his positive encouragement reminding me of who I am. And so it's just, yeah, it has been that. I step into him, I write how I'm feeling, and then I line up with him. And I think if we're doing that more often, that's how we grow, isn't it? How we transform, how we start adopting our minds for the mind of Christ. And although I've been focusing on kind of the the personal side of prayer, another way we can, we can pray is together, obviously. And I think, you know, getting the rhythm of maybe meeting up with a friend or two in the week is really helpful. It keeps us accountable. It keeps us, yeah, having that regular rhythm. And that's when we start to hear each other's hearts. We hear God through other people. And it brings brings unity as well. So I just really encourage you to, to reach out to people, to pray with them. And then I can't really talk about prayer without talking about what Jesus said, how we should pray. So I'm going to finish with that. In Matthew 6, 5, he says, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So I've got the Lord's Prayer on on screen. And I've broken it it down a few lines at a time, and I'm just going to read through it. I'm going to pause in between those, those slides just to allow God to talk to you, the Holy Spirit to help you pray and to bring things to mind. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. forgive us our debts, as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.